0: need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Spring has officially sprung. The birds are chirping, the trees are flowering, the bees are out, and it is time to find a mate or hug the one you're with, because today we are focusing on love. That's right, this episode of Big Design Small Budget is feng shui for love. I'm Betsy Helmuth and I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about finding the perfect relationship or... Improving the relationship you currently have by changing things in your home. It's as easy as that. So let's kick it off with a little design TMI. Design TMI. That's right. If we're going to talk about love, we're going to have to get a little personal here, people. So I am going to kick off this show with a story about myself and my own quest for love. So six years ago or so, I was looking for the perfect partner. I was dating the wrong guys. I was not having any luck in love. So I decided to get really serious about it. So I looked up feng shui and I looked up feng shui improvements for your love life. And I found the Bagua map. And the Bagua map is a specific grid that you lay over the floor plan of your home And it tells you which sector of your space is conducive to enhancing which aspect of your life. So, for instance, over the kitchen you might be experiencing abundance and so if you're having trouble with abundance, meaning that if you're having trouble bringing more into your life, maybe you need to fire up the stove more often. Maybe you need to put a flower in your kitchen, like a potted plant that would grow and add to abundance. So there's lots of different tricks and tips that you can do to take the bagwad map and the room that signifies that aspect in your life and help it to flourish. So I put the Bagua map over my little shoebox studio apartment and I realized something that I had been sensing in my life for sure. That my love sector of the Bagua map fell right over my bathroom. Sounds about right. The relationships I was in were stinky. So I wanted to turn it around. You can't change the love sector. It's got to stay in the bathroom of this particular apartment. But I could make the bathroom more conducive to love. So the first thing I did is I started putting down the toilet seat. Not the guy toilet seat, but the toilet lid, I guess I should say. Because if the toilet lid is up, all your good chi, all your good energy goes right down there. So all my love energy was getting flushed down the toilet. And that's pretty much what it felt like. The other thing that I did is I got some stalks of bamboo. Now different quantities of bamboo signify different things, but two stalks of bamboo, which you can get at Ikea, a local bodega, you just put it in water and it doesn't even need much daylight. It doesn't need really any maintenance, which is my kind of plant. Anyway, I put two stalks in a tiny vase right on top of my toilet, because two is the signifier for love. The other thing that I did is I was reading in that book that if you took a piece of paper and you drew a picture of yourself and your perfect partner, what he would look like, how tall he would be, or she, uh, what they might be wearing, what you guys might be doing... Of course, it may not be the best drawing you ever saw, but you don't wanna commission somebody else to draw it because the fact that it comes from you has a lot of intrinsic power. So if you drew a picture of you and your loved one holding hands in a park, walking along a beach, even if it's a very rudimentary drawing, even if it's stick figures, Get sort of specific. Give them the exact hairdo you might want them to have. Have them wear the costume or outfit that you might want to see them most in. So what I did is I drew a little picture of me holding hands with a guy who was fairly tall, fairly good looking, and he was wearing the exact kind of outfit I imagined I'd want to be wearing. With, And I was wearing the exact kind of outfit I imagined I would wear if I was in love. And I would leave it on my toilet and look at it when I was in the bathroom. And like I was saying, the power of this picture comes from the fact that you created it. So even if it doesn't look all that great, the fact that you put all these intentions and took time to manifest this image is really where the power lies. So anyway, I put all those things in place. I shut the toilet lid, had the bamboo, had the picture on top of the toilet tank. I felt pretty set up. And so I just gave it a little bit of time. And a little bit is the operative phrase there. Because I was in a relationship within months. And that relationship uh, really moved quickly and we got engaged within 10 weeks. We were married within seven months. So I really think there's something to that. So go out, run, don't walk, buy your Bagua map, put it over your space, your apartment, and see what shakes down. Let's get Feng shui for love. The other thing I did when I was looking for love, now this doesn't have much to do with feng shui, but it does have something to do with manifesting your destiny, is I was a big Oprah fan, still am, but what's she doing now? Really? Oprah, where are you? Anyway, I was a big Oprah fan. And she had this thing called the love list. And the love list was a list of a hundred things you were looking for in a partner. But they couldn't be superficial things, like I want him to have blue eyes or I want him to be from the East Coast. They had to be things that were really rooted in fundamentals of who that person is. I want him to want children. I want her to appreciate nature. All these different things and you'd make a list. And the first 20, as I sat down to write my non-superficial list at a small cafe in the West Village, the first 20 were torture. I was like, oh my goodness, what do I want? There's so much wrapped up in this and... Can I even think of more than 20 traits that I would want my mate to have? By the time I got to 25, I was on a roll. I was just churning these things out until finally I had to stop myself at 125 things. So anyway, I wrote this list. I felt very clear on my intentions. I tried to make them all very um, holistic and not individual, superficial, things like that. So. I put the list away. After I made it, I just put it away. You don't have to look at it. You don't have to read it every day. You don't have to use it as a mantra. You can just put it away. Well, about a year later, I was packing up my apartment to move in with my fiance. And I found that list and we read it together. And he had 120 of 125 things. Not bad. That pretty much sealed the deal for me, man so the five things that he didn't have were all somewhat superficial. They signified bigger things to me, but they were bigger things that didn't ultimately matter. I was hoping he would speak multiple languages. I was hoping he would like camping. I was hoping that he would like to wear suits to work. That was superficial. I I do love a man in a suit. Hello. Hello um but anyway so that's another interesting way that you can manifest love in your life and really get clear as to what you want because even though i didn't revisit that list since i wrote it i really feel like the items i put on there well let me let me say it in a different way I feel it's like ordering a burger from a diner. When I order a burger from a diner, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly how I like it. I like it medium, I like it with blue cheese, I like it with extra pickles, some lettuce, and barbecue sauce. I know exactly what I want. If I were just to order a burger, it may come, it may be tasty, but it may not be exactly how I like it. Why would I roll the dice? I want a burger that's just how I like it. So why not order one from the universe? I don't mean to equate men with burgers, but yum. Yum. So I ordered my exact burger, my exact man from the universe, and um, I was really excited by how it worked. So try that. Try that. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well The other thing that I want us to focus on getting back to home related things is the bedroom. So of course the bedroom even if it's not the area of love on your bagua map is a really important room for love. According to feng shui if you want to draw somebody else into your life you need to have it set up for someone else. You need two nightstands, two nightstand lamps, Even if you can't accommodate very big nightstands, do something small. Just have a place there. The other thing that you want to do, a lot of us have bedrooms that are quite tight and may not have a lot of space on both sides of the bed. Do not resist the urge to push your bed all the way up against the wall. First of all, it looks a little bit dormtastic and second of all, it prevents a space on that side for someone to come so even if they couldn't really walk through that space, even if it's so tight that you can only get 8 to 12 inches, still leave that room because that's where your good cheese circulates and it's nice that it can get around both sides of the bed. The other thing you want to do in your bedroom is check out the imagery. What kind of pictures, what kind of artwork do you have going on in there? I was working with a client in Brooklyn a few years back, and she was telling me that she really wanted to draw a partner into her life. She was hoping for a male partner. But I looked above her bed, and there was a big painting of women dancing in a circle. I think there were three or five women holding hands and dancing in a circle i was like i think i found the problem (laughs) because she was often having girlfriends over she was having a lot of book clubs she had a very busy social life it was just a man that was seeming so elusive and i think i cracked the code and figured out why the dancing ladies had to go and in its place you could just put a soothing panorama you could just put an abstract That would be my recommendation rather than putting a picture of a man and a woman because imagery in a bedroom is very specific. So unless you want to make out with that exact man or that exact woman from the painting, I do not put pictures, paintings, photos of people I don't know in the bedroom. Now the caveat is unless I want to make out with that person. So that also translates to... Pictures of people in a bedroom that may be famous. I see a lot of Audrey Hepburns in women's bedrooms. Come on, ladies. Now, if you want to get with Audrey Hepburn, that's one thing. But you're going to be... Um, experiencing unrequited love she's no longer with us so make sure you keep your imagery up to date do not put pictures of your children on your nightstand do not put the panorama of the high school reunion above your dresser this is a sacred space for just you and you alone if you're not hoping to draw love into your life or for you and a special partner so keep the imagery exclusive to only that so recently I have added to our services at Affordable Interior Design, feng shui. So we have this amazing feng shui practitioner, her name is Carleen Janjulis, and she came to my house to give me just a little preliminary reading so I could see how it's going to work and see how we could translate her system to our clients. And so at the end of the consultation, my husband was really pushing her, come see our bedroom. Hello. Um, So she came up to peek and she said some very interesting things. So feng shui is a balance of five elements. And so you want to make sure that you're representing each of the elements in your space. The five elements in feng shui are... Wood, water, earth, metal, and fire. So she was looking around my room and I had a lot of navy blue, which represents water. I had a lot of just lighter blues, including the wall paint, which represents earth. I also had some wood dressers, wood nightstands, so the wood element was totally taken care of. And I have touches of metal with my wall sconces and also my overhead light. The one element that was missing And it was missing so much, it was glaring, was fire. So it was obvious that I needed a little more fire in my bedroom to balance out each of these elements. And so my husband is like, let's go out. Let's get some candles. So candles are a great way to bring in some fire. Another great way is to bring in the color red. So splashes of red, touches of red, red sheets... A red coverlet. The other thing she had mentioned is triangle imagery. I forgot to ask her why triangle imagery. Maybe it looks like a campfire. I don't know. But anyway, she said bringing in spiky things. Things that have pointy ends. Well, there we go. I guess we could figure out what that's about. Anyway, bringing in things that have pointy ends will also add to that fire energy. The other thing I want to make sure that people do when they're setting their bedroom up for love is to think about the other sex or whoever you're trying to draw into your bedroom. Because sometimes I go over to women's apartments and it is so girly. Tufted headboard. Tons of purple pink touches satin silks velvets and it just feels so overwhelmingly feminine that there's not any room for a masculine energy in that space or on the other hand i'll go into a man's space and the bedroom will be so sterile so devoid of any sensuality in terms of soft textures warm colors really any color at all that it just won't feel like an appealing or welcoming space in any way especially not in a feminine way so if you're trying to bring in a member of the opposite sex think about what might appeal to them and if you're trying to bring in a member of the same sex I still feel like you shouldn't go overly girly or overly masculine. It starts to become a theme room. Balance is appealing to everyone. So if you have a lot of feminine elements like that tufting, like those pink colors, like a lot of sensual textures, make sure you balance it with some straight lines. As Carlene would say, some pointy objects. So there we go. The last thing that I think is really important in a bedroom is great bedding. And great bedding does not have to be expensive. I love Overstock's bedding. I also love West Elm's bedding and Macy's has really great bedding too. The things I look for when I'm shopping for bedding is I look for a duvet or a blanket that has intrinsic texture. Because when I pull it from the dryer, I don't want it to look wrinkly. And if you just get a flat one that has no pattern, no texture, it obviously looks like it needs a little love when it comes out of the dryer. And who has time for that? Not me. So if you find something with some puckers, with some pinching, with some pleating, you'll be much happier with the result day in and day out. And I think that will make you happier in the bedroom. So there we go, guys. I've shared a little too much and hopefully I've shared some tips for you that will be helpful on your quest for love. Now it's time to reach in to our old mailbag. Into the old mailbag. So I've got a letter here from Teen or is it Tyne? I'm not sure. She or he writes in, Dear Betsy, did you know you have fans in Copenhagen too? After reading your book, I'm still struggling with getting the style right. I love Asian style and would love to express that in our living room, preferably with an edgy vibe to it. How do I do that without turning it into a theme room? I hope you aren't too disappointed that not all Danes are into Danish mid-century modern overexposure and that you have time for my question. Best regards, teen or tyne. Well, Tina Tine, thank you so much for being a fan, and I'm so glad that this podcast has international reach. That is super cool. I definitely have feelings on your Asian-themed living room. And do you love how that segued from feng shui to Asian-themed design? Love it. How appropriate. The best way to keep your home from looking like a theme room if you're interested in one particular style is to use my two-word phrase, METHOD. So my two word phrase method, the first word is the style you're hoping to achieve in the space. You've already got that word down, Asian. In my particular home, it was mid-century, do love the Danes. Um, And in other people's homes, the word might be different, it might be beachy, it might be steampunk, whatever style you're going for is the first word. The second word of the two-word phrase is how you want to feel in the space. So looking back at your email, you said edgy. When I'm looking at my house, I want to feel cozy. Actually, I ultimately thought more about the word later and changed it to family friendly because that incorporated cozy for me and I wanted it to feel like a kid's space a family space as well as mid-century which can sometimes be cold and unapproachable but the thing we know about Asian is it can be a little austere too or it can be um a little bit sold out like a lot of people are doing it was very popular a few years ago so I love that you add this word edgy as to how you want to feel inside it so when I'm out shopping for my edgy Asian design when I pick something up when I'm at HomeGoods when I'm at IKEA and I pick something up I ask myself Is this Asian or is it edgy? And if it's not one of the two, I don't buy it and put it in my home. Now let's just say I got an Asian table lamp for my living room or for your living room as it were. I have an Asian table lamp. When I'm selecting my table to go under the lamp, I'm going to be looking for something edgy. I've already used Asian in that moment, and I'm constantly layering these two words throughout the space. So edgy, what does that mean to me? It might mean really clean lines, modern black lacquer. It might mean really hard-edged glass that really has this kind of vibe to it that's interesting, architectural. So, edgy Asian. Asian can have a lot of scroll work, a lot of curves, a a lot of calligraphy. So, a way to offset that could be a lot of straight lines, which to me feel pretty edgy. So, maybe I'm going to do a striped rug under an ottoman that has sort of an Asian wood-carved base. So, I'm constantly going to be layering these two words, and it's really what the two words mean to you. For instance, I had this, um, woman a while back and she wanted her home to feel very rock and roll but she really loved like a victorian style so she loved things that were like queen anne chairs she loved intricate detailing small etchings and yet she was pretty rock and roll she wanted it still to feel youthful and hip and sort of unexpected so when we gave her like this really interesting set of floral artwork was this artwork made from flower petals but each one of The images was of a skull and it was on a black background. So even though it had that kind of feminine, Victorian vibe, it was of imagery that felt very rock and roll. So whenever I was shopping for her apartment, I was layering like an ornate wood vanity next to a zebra print rug. Constantly layering Victorian being the style, but rock and roll being the feeling right? So find two words, make sure they resonate for you. And I think you have them. Edgy Asian. And then the very last thing I add to my two word phrase, even though we've already got two words, the last thing I add when I'm shopping is, is it sophisticated? So if it's already met my litmus test of either being Asian or edgy, the last question I'll ask myself before I purchase it at HomeGoods, before I put it in my car, before I swipe it across the… What do people swipe it across? Oh my goodness. You know, the only job I've never done is retail. (laughs) Anyway, when you swipe it across the thing or scan it across the whatever, ask yourself before you do, is it sophisticated? So there we go, Tyner teen. I sure hope that helped you. And keep me posted. I would love to see pictures of this Asian edgy living room. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. I am loving doing this podcast and I love that you guys are listening. So spread the word. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It is the best way for us to get visibility and get more listeners. So spread the word. Tell your friends. I want to send a huge thank you to our amazing producer, Katherine Heller at ThePodcastShop.com. I'd also love to thank our house band, Aton and the Embassy, and our sponsor, Affordable Interior Design. Whether you live in Copenhagen or in Cleveland, we can help you with your design. I'll personally design your space for you. We have amazing online design plans and in-person services, so check out the website, AffordableInteriorDesign.com. And today, we're going to uh, keep it personal by playing this show out with a song that has always signified love for me. I grew up in Missouri and one of my very first cassette tapes was Randy Travis. Uh, Yes, back in the day I was a country fan. When in Rome, guys? When in Rome? I grew up in Missouri. What do you expect? Anyway, I swooned for his song. Forever Amen. So, Katherine, would you play us out with Randy Travis's Forever Amen, a song that will forever mean love to me. You may think that I'm talking foolish. You've heard that I'm wild and I'm free. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. Bye.